All right, I'm Joe LaRocca, spelled J-O-E-L-A-R, capital O-L-A, capital R-O-C-C-A. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, it's March. I mean, it's, Jesus, Monday, November 14th, 10 yep. a.m. It's March. <laughs> Sorry, I looked up at my, I don't know. <laughs> What's going on? All right, redo. Okay. No, I'm yes. Kidding. I'm kidding. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. How was your weekend? Yeah, it was good. I had brunch with my mom. Nice, nice. And I watched all of How To with John Wilson. You know, that's oh, the one. okay. How was that? 30-minute documentary show. It's good. I mean, the first season, I remember I watched a bit of it, and then I just kind of got jealous. Okay. <laughs> just a, it's just a singular guy walking around New York with a camera. Yeah, and yeah. And then eventually being able to, like, conglomerate all his footage into these narratives about something simple like oh uh should we split the check like how what's the prop appropriate way of splitting the check mm-hmm. when you go into a restaurant and then it'll just like take him down this whole road of him filming people who don't know that they're being filmed and then it'll yeah. meet people and t- I, it's really fascinating i wish more shows were like it i like it that's cool. Um, yeah, this past weekend I also I watched The Lobster for our class. Oh, I absolutely yeah. loved it. I oh, like good, it. good. It was crazy. That, a, I mean, it's definition not not uh not made for everyone. Yeah, yeah, I mean? exactly, exactly. But I <laughs> and then I like fell into this um Yorgos okay, you rabbit hole. York. Yeah, and then I watched The Favorite, and that became like one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> I love it. No pun intended, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's perfect. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, Gotham and I saw it in the theater together, and we just like, we've we seen, I think we saw all three of those in the theater, that one and, and the, like the one in between them. Uh, yeah, I watched that yes last night, and that rolling. that ending is just like, oh, it just, I think it's going to scar me forever. It, it, I mean, he is such a Yorgos Lanthimos. I mean, just worthy of that name just yeah fascinating (laughs) fascinating name fascinating filmmaker where like the amount of confidence he has Mm -hmm. i'm so envious of that like yeah think about how hard it is just to like convey a simple idea Mm -hmm. when you're when we're yeah yeah when you're making a little movie and then he's like he's doing it like in such an unorthodox way because like basically if you want to tell us you can you can just like watch sitcoms basically and you can film it like that yeah and you can have like expositional dialogue and you can work your way through a story in a pretty standard way Mm -hmm. but certainly critics are sick of that you know yeah yeah exactly just the discerning film film uh, watcher you know whatever yeah in a file or whatever he's just sick of seeing the same stuff the same tropes and so then within like 10 minutes of a yorgos movie you're like am i supposed to be laughing yeah i don't (laughs) What genre is this? Exactly. Like, yeah, especially with the it, lobster. Yeah, yeah, because there's it is like maybe the dark, just a dark, dark comedy. Like I don't know what to take from that ending personally. Yeah, I think I, think I, I mean watched a couple more times. Yeah, I feel like that ending is a true test if you wanted to like figure out whether a person is a romantic or a realist. Like you would show them that ending and they would decide on whether he goes through with it or not. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah. All right. No. Anyway, do you have any real questions? Is there a format to this? Or... I I do. I do. Um, okay. So <laughs> I'm gonna start with like 
really just a basic one. So like what specific movie really solidified you into getting into film, teaching it professionally, like to make it what you do? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, there's it's probably several. Okay. But if no, you like but no, I'm gonna give you okay. no, I'm gonna one, give okay. you one <laughs> because I think it was like there's I'll tell you just a few okay. that made me realize that I could be a filmmaker, and that mm-hmm. would be Wes Anderson's Bottle Rocket, Kevin Smith's uh um clerks. Probably those two were movies that I rented from the movie theater and I was I rented from the movie store and they were yeah. like small, and mm-hmm. weird, weird. And it did just made me feel like I mean, I don't even feel like like I don't have uh, like tons of affection for Clerks. Yeah, I have tons of affection for Bottle Rocket. Like it's the most yeah. nostalgic film for me to watch. But and I and I like Clerks. I'm not crapping on it or anything, but something something about that movie just made me go oh you don't like have to be in hollywood like mm-hmm. your characters don't have to be indiana jones like yeah. be like these <laughs> a weird group of friends where nothing really happens um but i think even before that i was just kind of going down the normal path that i think a kid sees you know in eight nine ten eleven you see action movies and Schwarzenegger like action movies were yeah. really really popular and Terminator came out Terminator 2 was so popular but then I saw um Shawshank Redemption which I now can can kind of analyze and see some of the flaws in it and see how it's a little bit cheesy at some parts but that was the movie that completely made me like it just made me realize that there was something else that cinema could do mm-hmm. that it could make you feel something other than just like excitement yeah yeah you know like all that other the jackie chan stuff all the like kung fu stuff i was into like and i'm not saying that some of those don't have stories or whatever but a lot of it is about like the, ex- the action the physicality yeah, and the spectacle it, which yeah and the spectacle and it's yeah. so fun and the special effects but you know that movie hit me in a way where i was like oh my god like there was it was so moving in so many different ways and it was funny and it, and it was exciting and there's a great payoff and it's a love story and you know and, and it's clever and there's a twist and like there's so many things yeah. going for yep. it it just had the whole like the whole box of narrative tricks in there exactly and I, and yeah I love, and it's i wouldn't put it in my top 10 movies today which is strange but it is like it's like a catalyst it was like the thing yeah. that then put me down like oh i should watch the real movies you mm-hmm. know and then i started like got into the, like really into scorsese and then my dad showed me raging bull and the deer hunter way too young i saw the deer hunter <laughs> when I was like 12 and i didn't even get it i was like they're at a polish wedding yeah. for 30 minutes i was like this is boring dad and then everybody you know and i watched you know, Full Metal Jacket on HBO, like when I wasn't, and I thought, I was like, oh, it's an action movie. Because yeah. There was yeah. a lot of like Chuck Norris type rant, later Rambo movies where it's like, we're going back to Vietnam. And it's yeah. like, <laughs> like crazy, like, you know, kind of like xenophobic, patriotic, like just silliness. And yeah, I thought I that I was like, I was, oh, I didn't even know who Stanley Kubrick was when I watched that. I was like, yeah. oh, this is, you know, whatever. And then by the end, I was like, you know, tra- again, that's a movie that has a traumatizing yeah. ending. Yeah. And and it makes you like the whole message of that is war is not cool. <laughs> I, like up until that point, I was like, oh, it's like it's hard, but it's fun. 
Yeah, you yeah, know, exactly. And, and then I saw, you know, Apocalypse Now. Like, if if more than anything, I would say the Vietnam War yeah. <laughs> is what, like, made me go, oh, my God, that's what brought me into the movies. Because, and really what, what that is, is... A, 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 like a generational crisis working mm-hmm. its way out culturally through cinema and and i got the tail end silliness of it but then worked my way back to the one you know movies that were oh yeah that's really cool time and that were it made me you know in that journey made me see what cinema could do and i think that that's that's similar to what happened to like really criticism came like at least in the west from a lot of French people take mm-hmm. it really seriously. I don't mean <laughs> yeah. that in a bad way. But then also after World War II, them getting movies from America in big chunks. Because yep. they hadn't seen these movies come out over the... So they would see five Hitchcock movies or five Houston movies or whatever, John Ford or whatever, that were like from a little bit before the war and then during the war and even a little bit after. And so they all come out at once. And then that's how like that whole the auteur movement came out like Mm -hmm. like seeing that hey the directors are like saying (laughs) things through like like through their body of work yeah 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 because it was kind of a producer game before that like like the studio had the overarching control Mm -hmm. and people started really oh people like Hitchcock and and then all those French critics became directors and started the French new wave who was like the biggest punks and ever just like breaking all the rules that we still Still, I very rarely find a movie that like breaks the rules and in, in a way that's satisfying and interesting. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, and that's like why. And then you know, you get to David Lynch and Werner Herzog and Michael Haneke, and those were all directors who I was like, oh, they're telling stories and they're quote unquote artsy. You know, like same thing with Bellatar and Tarkovsky. Yeah, but but you can't. But you don't show those. <laughs> Like on Thanksgiving, yeah, after, yeah like, for sure. You have to like bring people to that level. It's always like the analogy for me. It's like cheese. Like when you're a kid, you get in America, you get fed like processed slices of cheese, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is cheese. It's American cheese. Yeah. I love it." You know, yeah. and I still eat. I love that. I still yeah. love processed cheese. But then, like as you get old, at least in my household, like as you get older and older. You oh you try oh then you have some cheddar and then you have oh pepper jack and like kind of like you're this is obviously a metaphor yeah, yeah. for my case and it kind of builds out and builds out and builds out until you're like eating weird hard cheeses yeah that smell weird and then like then there's a level of it that I haven't gotten to that I've seen in documentaries where they like cut that wheel of cheese open and there's maggots in it and the- no for sure and then going off of that like is there so a lot of people have gotten to the point where they're you know, seeing the Indiana Joneses, they've seen the Back to the Future. It's like, is there a gateway movie into getting into those higher forms of cheese that you would say is like the perfect <laughs> yeah. gateway movie? Yeah, what's a good gateway movie? Um, Probably like Pulp Fiction, maybe something by Tarantino. I mean, I'm okay. thinking this is totally, I'm speaking from a 40-year-old's perspective. Yeah, yeah. That was around that same time where it is quote-unquote artsy, it's very satisfying and engaging. Mm-hmm. It's shocking beyond belief. Like still yep. to this day, there's a couple scenes where you go, oh my God. <laughs> um, you know, Marvin and you know, yeah. And 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 then and and then also it's just so iconic and classic that mm-hmm. you probably if you may know things from it as well. Yeah. Um, 
and he's heavy into references throughout his career. So then it's like one of those things where you start watching Tarantino movies and you start either picking up the references because you're or it makes you want to see these French directors or see Sergio Leone or start seeing some of the things Brian De Palma movies like things that influenced him. Yeah. And uh, I think that that's probably a good thing. And it's pretty it's pretty like easy to um, to sell somebody. Yeah. 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 For sure. I mean, like everyone's heard of him and they've at least. Yeah. 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 And and so and he he isn't like disappoint. Like if you went and rented, not that that exists, or you went and downloaded five of his movies. (laughs) Yeah. You're probably going to like love four of them. Yeah, exactly. Whereas if you downloaded like five John Ford movies, I can see you (laughs) only liking one of them. You know what I mean? Or like, you know, um, that and actually a kind of a strange one i mean it's not strange because it's usually it's generally considered like one of the best movies ever made but i think citizen kane yeah okay i was gonna say that because it's like it actually does feel pretty fresh like there's some things about it that are definitely dated and joe cotton's makeup is a little bit silly (laughs) like old age makeup but the first time i watched it i didn't know joe cotton Mm -hmm. so he wasn't like i didn't know him that well so I mean, then after I saw all these Hitchcock movies and stuff of them, I'm like, oh, yeah, that must have been weird that he's just like, they're just like, oh, you're bald or whatever. He's like, I'm an old man now. I'm like, you're 27. Like, no. But th- th- that's not a big deal. That yeah. really isn't a big deal. But like, I think it's a timeless story. And if you're able to mentally go, OK, this was made in what, 1939 or 39 or 41? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's 30. I'm going to say 39. I'm going to say yeah, 39. Yeah, that's the only other movie that's from the 30s. Yeah. To bring yourself back to like, hey, these cameras were huge. It was yeah. hard to light this stuff. Like, just watch anything else from that time period that isn't super iconic. And you'll be like, you won't even know what the story is for 20 Yeah, minutes. yeah. Whereas in this movie, it's like, oh, my God, there's all these camera moves. And so especially if you can. Bring, I, the reason I say that is because. Um, I recommended it to somebody who, I mean, he, the guy loves great cinema. His favorite movie is probably Rocky, mm-hmm. but he just hasn't been exposed. And I just, you know, I said, oh, you should watch that. And he watched it twice in a weekend. Yeah. And he's not the kind of person who's, who you would think is into that, but he watched it. And then he was like, no, I just kept noticing all this stuff and thinking about it and like relating to all these different parts. So I think that's one that it kind of breaks down the wall of, of someone's fear of black and white. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, for so sure. The, it, that and then maybe Psycho would be another one for doing that. Because I know people kind of like, especially your stupid generation. So, <laughs> no, it's in and my generation too. Are afraid of subtitles and afraid of black and white. And there's a few in there, especially Hitchcock ones, where I think it breaks the wall down nicely. Mm-hmm. Go, okay. Or even something like Raging Bull, which confuses yeah. people because it's made 1980, but he specifically shot a black and white or Schindler's list. Like maybe there are, are black and white movies currently. Yeah. I mean, there's been a movement recently too, to go back to like, yeah, what else? The yeah, four, the, three. Come on, come on. And, yeah. Come yeah. On, come on. And yeah, I uh, what that some of that, yeah, it's interesting. It gives it like kind of a nostalgic feel. Yeah. I, I think crazy. the four, three is like really interesting as well because it, functions as a point of story sometimes because people go back to it when they go back in time and stuff like that but yeah, yeah i remember watching citizen kane last semester and i found it extremely new like so much so much different than what i've been seeing these days and you can just see how much of it permeates through the movies that's that are coming out like 
even the small little details like that's all what jordan peele does in his movies and that's very hitchcocky as well but yeah yeah definitely definitely especially yeah that's like and then sometimes people get confused about why somebody like a new director a new film is doing really well Mm -hmm. and it's like oh you (laughs) unfortunately lack the background to understand why this is so popular and you there's a way of talking about that without sounding arrogant Mm -hmm. like the Mm -hmm. arrogant way i heard it said (laughs) once and it stuck with me it's like of course you think the pool is deep if you've never seen the ocean (laughs) you know so it's like yeah dude you're like yeah you're in the deep end you thought it was deep that's like you watching you know fast and furious nine or whatever (laughs) it's like but they took a car to the moon and you're like dude there are movies where like literally nothing happens for two hours and at the end you just cry <laughs> and your life is changed forever like there are there's stuff that's nuts but like there's a way of talking about that like you i think that the idea of gateway movies is like awesome like an mm-hmm. awesome way to bring it up and to be like oh hey you should try you at first you might be like this is boring but just like pull pu- push through and you're you'll you'll really like something like psycho or mm-hmm. Citizen Kane or, you know, or whatever the movie I was that I said, or your Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, yeah. Yeah, it's an easy one, too. All right, cool. So, and then along the same lines, talking about, like, you getting into it professionally and academically, what's a movie that has influenced you most as a professor or one that you, like, absolutely love to teach? Mm, That's a good question. I think the two movies that every teacher, male, white, teacher in america can use i just i mean that's the other thing we're we're, i'm working hard on changing that but you can basically teach film production using jaws and the graduate okay yeah just because you know we use that term mise-en-scene which yeah for the listeners is this idea that everything you put in the frame matters just to simplify it and those movies use like every trick in the book visually to tell their stories and they have a high percentage of what you would call shots with very good mise-en-scene you know yeah. very well thought out where if you took a frame of that and put it on the wall picture that put it on the wall you could tell say so hey what's the character in that scene going through or what's mm-hmm. that about and they could figure it out um showing people weirder or what I, you know weirder in terms of non-mainstream stuff most recently yep. watching uh Lun- the lunchbox in class mm-hmm. which is a hindi movie and having a great deal of people send me like little emails saying that they really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. That brings me a lot of satisfaction because I know it's not something that they would stumble upon. Exactly. And there was a good portion of the class that was like angry. Yeah. Watching it <laughs> yep. Because for your listeners, we were supposed to watch Mad Max Fury Road and I, I, I <laughs> did a switcheroo on the genres at the last minute. So I understand of understandably why you'd be upset. It's like when you go to drink milk and it's orange juice. And yeah. you're, like, oh. you're like, oh, this milk's gone bad. Oh, no, wait. I think when we did um, Harold and Maude was kind of amazing because we did it. And it was like the last semester that people that we were like affected by COVID. Yeah. And it was in this comedy class. And and I, I, I saved it for the last one that we watched because I was like, this is kind of the has everything, you know, and I was just like, let's just do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And everybody was loved it, and everybody was like crying. And then I was trying to talk about it, and I started crying, but like not like 
not like sometimes when we watch gas man i get a tear in my eye or sometimes mm-hmm. we watch a scene that's so good that i get a tear yeah. in my eye. So i'm like oh i love it uh it's like watching a, i don't know like michael jordan if you're a sports fan like yeah flip <laughs> and dunk it you're just like oh that's so beautiful um and then yeah and then uh, and, and then i would just like i realized that it was just all this built up tension of having trying to teach during covid and having mm-hmm. all this this the, uh, the collective yeah, cultural yeah. anxiety we had and i just like start crying like a baby and it like apologized and turned away and stuff and everybody was just like you could hear everybody was like all right so i want to pivot to like some of your favorite filmmakers and if you have a specific one like which filmmakers bodies of work spoke the most to you and then i'm going to go through a few directors <clears throat> and like ask your favorite movies from them but start okay. with yeah. your favorite filmmakers yeah my favorite filmmaker i had to narrow it down to one i would maybe say it's don hertzfeld he's okay. an anim- I'm not just being like a contrarian, but he's an <laughs> an, he's an animator. Okay. And he, he does all his work by himself and it takes him years and years. And he's not really commercial in any way, but it's still main, maintained being able to be successful. Um, Is he the he, one who did It's Such a Beautiful Day? Yes. Okay. And Rejected and The Meaning of Life and most recently world of tomorrow volume one two and three mm-hmm. and he is just a, such a unique filmmaker and yeah i find him really inspiring because i i just uh seeing that movie rejected when i was in college which is about like maintaining your artistic integrity in the face of like commercial work like yeah it's basically the perfect movie for art students to watch and it's just like, I just like, oh, yeah, this guy just really speaks to me and his sense of humor. I love. And mm-hmm. and so that's one where it's like, because I also feel like I could achieve it. Yeah. Like he feels achievable. So I feel like like I feel like I could hang out with him <laughs> and exactly. it would be normal. I wouldn't like nerd. Like we could just have a conversation. And we'd be on the same level to a certain degree. But um, I would say that. Uh, that the best director is probably um stanley kubrick mm-hmm. like, e- even internationally even though there's i mean you, you you got a couple people that i think are really close and there's probably uh, dozens of people that i don't even know about yeah but you know people that come up in that conversation are like kurosawa and ozu yeah. and tarkovsky and Godard. i would say those are pretty popular ones but um yeah, he's one that is just like, no, nope, he attacked every genre and he fucking crushed it. And it's yeah. perfect, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's what I'd say. But and then and then the other one I have to mention, and I think all people in my age group or maybe just everybody who's a filmmaker, just Taren, uh, that is uh, Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, yeah, he just like he makes it work every time. And he's like the same age as my dad. And he made Wolf yeah. Wall Street. <laughs> I said that I go. I said to Gotham, I go, hey. Can you imagine like your dad making Wolf of Wall Street? He goes, I can't imagine my dad watching Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> Just the funniest. That's not my joke. That's yeah. but I was like, I was like, yeah, seriously. Like, and then and then on top of that, he he's got all the documentary work and stuff mm-hmm. that I think is so snappy and interesting. And a few concert films. He really diversifies. I, I think he's cool. And I think maybe from 
you might just see, oh, he's Italian gangster violence guy. Yeah, yeah. And that's a big part of a lot yeah. of his movies. <laughs> but I think he, he's got like a spiritual trilogy there mm-hmm. with uh, Last Temptation, Kundun, and Silence. Silence they're, is awesome, yeah. Yeah, they're just like, what is going on here in terms of like uh, a different approach to filmmaking? You know? Mm-hmm. I love him. I get it. He, he's he's one of the only ones I still get really excited for. Awesome. Okay, so I'm gonna name a few people and then just give me your favorite movies and then maybe also like the mo- their most overrated movie because I feel like oh, it'll no problem. it'll throw me some underhand ones here too. It'll differ. So we'll start with Hitchcock, favorite and most overrated. My favorite is probably Notorious because it's so simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just stands out as like this pillar in my mind. Yeah. Um, and then I'm gonna take so much flack for this, but his most overrated one I think might be Vertigo, oh. which is considered his masterpiece. And I know that it's intentional, all the walking around. <laughs> yeah. But it's so much walking around. Exactly. It's and and I and I know it's to like hypnotize you. It's all planned. So I'm not coming from a place of ignorance. I'm not saying oh, watch it. Yeah, I've seen the movie twice. I saw it in the theater, like like when they did the revival projection of it. Mm-hmm. And it is a magnificently brilliant movie. But I think that I don't. I think it. I think it's a little bit high. I think it's a okay. little bit high. Yeah. Why not? Um, Why not say yeah. stuff like that? It makes yeah. the podcast interesting. Yeah. Exactly. Of course. <laughs> Um, favorite Billy Wilder and most overrated Billy Wilder. Uh, favorite Billy Wilder is it's Sunset Boulevard because it plays with genre so much. Mm-hmm. It's like a noir comedy drama, and it's also like about the industry. Yeah, which is it's like kind of has everything I like. And it starts with a posthumous voiceover. <laughs> like, there I am, dead in the pool. You're like, what the hell? And then the next scene is a monkey funeral. And you're just like, okay, nothing is new. Yeah. Anybody, who, anybody who thinks they're doing the new cool thing, it's like, dude, you see Sunset Boulevard? It opens with a monkey funeral. Like, you're not you're not cool. It's all been done before. Um, I don't know if I've seen one that I would consider overrated. You're picking too many masters here. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's not, the not point. To judge you. <laughs> yeah, I guess it makes it really hard. It's like yeah. choose between. That's the want. point. Like, yeah, okay, I get you. Oh, okay, I get you then. Yeah, it's yeah. not like somebody. It's not like if you did Tarantino. It's like, well, fucking death proof, obviously. Like, yeah, you yeah. Know what I, mean? I mean, Tarantino's on this list, so we'll, we'll go to like all some right, masters, right, then go some like mainstream right, stuff. Right. Okay, cool. So, okay, now let's go to Kubrick. This may be hard for you to pick an overrated one overrated kubrick and your favorite one and from this point on i can like veer my opinions if that means anything to you as well <laughs> no yeah no I, i'm yeah. just interested in hearing your opinions yeah. um no i mean i would say lolita's overrated just because i it's like of his major films it's yep. maybe my least favorite but I think that a lot of people probably consider it that. And it's not certainly not bad. And yeah. in fact, it'd probably be other directors' best movies. But um maybe Spartacus is overrated. Okay. 
even though it's awesome, it just doesn't feel yeah. like a Kubrick movie, really. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't think he doesn't really yeah. consider it. <laughs> yeah, he disowned it. Yeah. Um, so like maybe the maybe if all right, so if I'm gonna do it, I would say my favorite is 2001 a Space Odyssey, and the real and maybe maybe the shining is a bit overrated. Because oh. people have like I, I love okay. the shine. Oh, I I mean if it, it <laughs> don't 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 print that. Go back to Lily. No, it's just don't you <laughs> lose all cred here. I love that's probably like my second or third favorite horror movie. Mm -hmm. Some people have like tattoos. Yeah, like, yeah, that's true. Out, bro. <laughs> that's that's true for sure. Maybe I like it for the wrong reasons, you know. So I mine is I think the I mean I haven't seen 2001 in a while, so it could change on Wednesday. Um, but mine Number is one The Shining is The Shining. Um, yeah. like that blew my mind. I watched that in eighth grade, and I think, and that was like the movie that got me into film in general too. Um, and then I think the most overrated one is going to be controversial. But is The Killing? Yeah, well, I I think that I, I, you're right. I think the killing has flaws. There's some like really brilliant imagery in it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But again, I like it's again like Lolita. Like people, it, I don't ever hear people going like, "Oh, the killing." <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know. You know. But I mean? when you look like, online, like it has such rave reviews, and like people talk about it as being like yeah, his I third think, favorite thing, like third yeah, best man, thing. Yeah, that's that's definitely wrong. Yeah, it's not in his top seven, but. Uh, <laughs> All right, All right, moving with more to yeah. Scorsese. Yeah, I deal with this one all the time because I think his masterpiece is this. This is actually this is much easier for me. I would say my favorite of his is Raging Bull, and his most overrated is The Departed. Okay, that one was easy. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't really even have the. I wouldn't put The Departed in my top ten Scorsese movies. Interesting, which is really bizarre to a lot of people. When they hear that, but and you're like from the area too. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. I it just I like it if I watch it as a comedy. Yeah. Oh, I guess I guess I if, if that. it's like as like a satire. But like I don't know. I just think it's too. It's just it's nuts. It's all over the place. I mean, uh, another second or end because it's like that's the one you're gonna give him best picture for. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I he has documentaries that I like better than that for sure. Mm -hmm. Like I think his documentary on on George Harrison is better. It's like better storytelling. Yeah, yeah. And then the, I also have real big problems with gangs in New York. I think a lot of people. Oh do. yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, problematic. Bad yeah. casting. <laughs> Bad so, casting can't. D D Leo's wrong for it. DiCaprio. I mean, uh, and and what's her name is wrong for it. Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Cameron Diaz, and you know. Maybe even DDL. Nah, he's kind of like <laughs> the best part of it. Him and him and uh, uh, what's his name there? Uh, John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's more of those guys. But yeah, it's something. Something's wrong with it. Leo hadn't hit full stride yet, in my opinion. Yeah, I love it. Okay. I think moving... I also has to. Do... Yeah, move on. Come on. Yeah. Move. Move into another big boy, Spielberg. Yeah. Favorite Spielberg is Jaws. It Jaws. is Jaws. And the most overrated Spielberg is... See, it's hard It's hard because you just want to pick one that's just not good. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> he's got ones that are not good. Like, I'm not going to say, like, Lost World or something. Yeah. <laughs> And I'd also don't want to say something like Schindler's List because yeah. it's because I do think it's amazing. 
But do I think it's the best Holocaust movie of all time? No. Do I think it's in the top 10 Holocaust movies? Probably. You know who makes better Holocaust movies? Europeans. <laughs> you want to know why? Okay. Actually, I mean, I put put like the pianist way yeah. ahead, you know, like like. So I guess I'll say Schindler's List. OK, which it is not an anti-Semitic yeah. statement. I know you have to clarify <laughs> that these days. I think I have a great deal of respect for all religions and nationalities, but maybe a little bit overrated. OK, so my favorite Spielberg movie is Jurassic Park. Um, that, that's, that That's your Jaws. That's you know what I mean. It's yeah. the same. No, no, for sure. It yeah. works. The same way he does, he's doing it's the same magic, yeah, just a different type of magic for a different generation, you know. Yeah, and that movie holds like a lot of sentiment. I've seen that, I think that's the movie I've seen the most too. amount of times. Um, as I was growing it up, it might be up there, it might be up yeah. there for me too. That and The Lion King. Um, and then, yeah. uh, my I think the most overrated one is along the same lines is Munich. Yeah, I think that movie gets way too much credit. Yeah, maybe Munich. Yeah, because that's a movie that's way too overlong. Like, yeah, exactly. Cut out like the last like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, maybe Catch Me If You Can as well. Yeah, Catch Me If You Can is kind of overrated too. Yeah. Yeah. Leave all of these things I'm saying in, not just the yeah. list, <laughs> Just the whole, all you do, it's a 20, it it's a five it. minute thing. It's just like, what's a movie you think is overrated? Schindler's List, hard cut to the end. What the? We have three more. Yeah. Because, and these are like the ones that, that I've seen a lot of them. So that's mm -hmm. why I'm curious. So, and then Tarantino. Favorite Tarantino. I want to be a contrarian and be like Jackie Brown. Mother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love Jackie Brown. I yeah, think, I think Jackie awesome. Brown's cool. I yeah. think it was an awesome move to make because people were going, oh, you know, he can only do this one thing, which is mm -hmm. kind of like this immature, cool violence thing, which had happened in, you know, because uh, then not only the movies he made, Reservoir Dogs and, but the ones he wrote too. Yeah. Cause yeah. then there's the three movies that were popular that he wrote, which are uh, uh, natural born killers, true romance and from dust till, till dawn. Yeah. So you have those combined. So then it's starting to look like as an auteur, Oh, he's going to be more like what Robert Rodriguez has been like, just gore master or like obsessed with violence. And then he makes like a completely in educated and informed modern drama black exploitation movie that's yeah. filled with so much love for the genre and so much understanding of the genre which is strange obviously coming from you know his ethnicity it seems like oh that you shouldn't be right um but then resurrecting pam greer i i just thought it was uh just a beautiful movie with great characters and really well thought out scenes but my favorite tarantino is uh is uh pulp fiction and the most overrated, I would say, is probably um, maybe Kill Bill 1. Yeah, I would say that, too. I think that's my most overrated one. Uh, my favorite one is Django. Um, I think that, yeah. that movie just moves really well. It's very entertaining. Yeah, Especially for yeah. being the length that it is. Yeah, I also think um, Inglourious Bastards is kind of overrated, too. Yeah, well, I think that there's like one or two sequences in there that are yeah. a little bit indulgent. And so I almost, and things I don't like, like I don't like Stiglitz. I yeah. don't like that kind of film. I don't like that. Yeah. And <laughs> and then moving to who I wrote my paper about, what's your favorite Fincher movie and okay. most overrated Fincher movie? My favorite Fincher movie is The Social Network. I'm going pretty 
middle of the road for all of these. But I think that is like a generation defining movie. Yep. Nobody has made a movie even close about the idea of social media. Like there's, uh, there's been billions there, are, you know, dozens of comedies, dozens of horror movies, dozens of like, Ooh, Bill Gates or, or Jobsy, yeah. whatever, you know, and none of them have come close to hitting the core central idea of loneliness and acceptance. That mm-hmm. is like this thing that's fighting in that movie. And it's so brilliant and like gothic. Yeah. It's so, like, yeah. Go- like, why do gothic? Oh, and then you watch it like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just right. Um, most overrated Fincher movie is maybe Fight Club. I fucking love Fight Club, though. That was a movie that turned me on to everything. But looking back on it now, I can see where there's some silliness and some being a bit ostentatious, you know, a little over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think the story can hold it. I think his most underrated movie is probably Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which I think is brilliant. And I know, and, and a lot of people, uh, see, I was going to say that um zodiac is underrated but it's not people there's like a yeah. huge there's a huge falling yeah following especially that. now yeah yeah more so because of yeah manhunter it yeah. is kind of like the open-endedness of that is a little bit i found a little bit unsatisfying yeah yeah but after a decade maybe coming up on two decades or whatever it it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those ones where you're like yeah well they didn't solve the crime yeah definitely. <laughs> you know they there is no definitive answer to that so don't give us that and it's more about the obsession you know mm-hmm. and then you wanting to know the answer only proves the movie's point you know? yeah yeah exactly it's yeah. like oh yeah you see you're you how badly do you want it you want it that it, it made you angry yeah at it. <laughs> yeah yeah Exactly. Yeah, maybe you aren't so dissimilar from these characters. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a good one. Okay. I yeah. My... Did I answer that? Yeah, you did. Oh, no. Okay. Wait, I change it. I change it. Seven is the overrated one. Seven it's... is the overrated one. That's so what wait. I was. All right. Ask me the question again and I can answer it simply. All right. Favorite and overrated movie of Fideva Fincher. <laughs> okay. You can keep others, whatever. I'll say Social Network is my favorite and seven is the most overrated. Okay. Okay. Cool. Of those, for sure. I, I, and I, I still I... think, I still like seven, but. I agree with both of those. I love the social network. It's like, I can't even, it's so well composed as well. And like moves so fast. And yeah, the social mm-hmm. network is awesome. So it also has like angry energy to it, which I really like. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, seven is, it's a good movie, but nothing is significant until that third act. Like you could, I don't remember anything else that happens in two thirds of the movie until you get to that scene in the police station when he comes in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my story behind that was that my mom didn't want me to see that movie because she's seen it in the theater and Mm -hmm. and and didn't want me to see it because it really upset her. And so when I came out to rent, I rented it, and she came home and I, and she was like, "Oh, what's this?" And she saw the case, and I was like, "Cause I was trying to hide it," and she was was like, "You can't." I took it out of the VCR. I was like, "You can't watch it." It was literally he comes and goes, (laughs) and then she ejected it, and I didn't see the rest of the movie for another two months. Oh my god. So I was like, what? <laughs> and it's still that proves that that was still a good movie because it still worked. All the yeah, time yeah, yeah. Was still there. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. And there's stuff that like it's a movie a little bit like the movie Joker. Where mm-hmm. People, I, they you're like they like it for all the wrong, all the wrong reasons. reasons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. 
And it's usually people who are like totally privileged and society is doing perfectly fine for them. And like, how do you identify with that? It's about a guy who's like the system has failed him is what the yeah. movie's about. And these like products of the system be like, that's my favorite movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, for sure. And then I, I think one movie that I think just deserves all the credit as well is Gone Girl. I think that yeah, movie Gone is Girl's perfect. Is, yeah. He's he's uh, he's our Hitchcock, you know, he's yeah. a new Hitchcock. He's definitely a new Hitchcock. And we'll watch it. We, I mean, we're going to watch his movies forever. It's one and he is currently be. still my favorite director um it's christopher nolan okay yeah okay okay yeah i thought you were gonna say like miyazaki or something yeah. <laughs> be like, uh oh i don't know um i've seen miyazaki movies but okay um christopher nolan well <laughs> you know my overrated yeah yes uh my most overrated i would definitely say is the dark knight which i would put as maybe the most overrated movie of a generation <laughs> no a generation's a bit bold of a decade okay. that that decade i and, and i and i don't even think it's a bad movie by any means but i think it gets away with some plot holes that if the performance wasn't so good that would be problematic like if it mm -hmm. were a modern dc movie with and jared leto was doing his thing and there were the same plot holes You'd go, what the f? Because it's we've seen it happen mm -hmm. where people have gotten upset about plot holes. There are plot holes in that movie that make very little sense, and like all the gangsters use one banker. <laughs> like there's a couple of things where it's like, no, that's what would happen in a comic book, but you've made it too real. Mm -hmm. That's why I kind oh, of oh, it doesn't translate as much. I kind of enjoy Batman Begins a little bit more because it's a little bit more consistent, and Batman is something that is doing something the whole time. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the Dark Knight, it's really the Joker show, which is fine because my yeah. God, what a show to <laughs> yeah. put on. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, still, again, amazing movie, and I still watch it every once in a while, and I really like it. So not that, but um, I would say right now, Tenant is my favorite. Okay. Every time it comes out with my new movie, it's like that's my new favorite. Because I can't figure, you know, I mean, I really love Dunkirk. I really love um, Interstellar. But the two overrated ones, you know, are Inception and um, and The Dark Knight. And then the, I think The Dark Knight Rises is is bad. I actually think that's a not like I would say that that's like doesn't work as a movie. Mm -hmm. Like has enough problems with it. Um, those it's interesting that the one there's two directors you didn't bring up. There's three actually. That I'm surprised you didn't bring up. Yes, tell the them. Andersons, P.T. Anderson. Oh, oh, yeah, completely forgot. I, I kind of know your thoughts about P.T. Anderson, though. That's Wes what Anderson, Wes and the Anderson. Coen Brothers, and the, oh, okay, okay, let's talk about them. Let's do it. And not particularly diverse. You didn't give me Spike Lee. You didn't give me any women. I'm just saying for your podcast. All right, this all part right, out. okay. When you okay. go back through it, though, you gave me a bunch of white dude, white Americans. Uh, I have to go see it. <laughs> it's tough, yeah. though, right? Because no, the history, uh, especially of American cinema, is white dudes. You know, most of them rich white dudes, with the exception of like Carpenter and George Romero and Sam Raimi, like these blue collar dudes. You know, mm -hmm. but everybody else, yeah, like, oh, they're like rich California dudes. But um. No, these uh, are mainly the the directors I've seen their body of no, work. No, I know. Or, I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not criticizing. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not. I know. I know. Yeah. It's just like yeah, that that's true of everybody, and that's mm -hmm. why we have to so, like change it a little bit. And I wouldn't even know like, you know, you could. I would do like maybe Catherine Bigelow and and maybe like uh, Kelly Reichardt or um, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. 
Uh, and then you also don't want to have to say an underrated one uh, <laughs> or an overrated mm-hmm. one. Anyway, um, yeah, Wes Anderson, I think, you know, my favorite is The Master. And then the most overrated one is probably Magnolia, which I'm not even sure if it's overrated, but that's one where I'm like, please edit. <laughs> please edit, bro. Um, and uh, then Wes Anderson, my favorite, is probably Darjeeling Limited, which is kind uh-huh. of weird. And I actually weird. think I think Ten and Bombs is a little bit overrated. Um, okay. Which is again a weird one, or maybe even Rushmore is a little bit overrated. Um, because so, again, the, like I think Rushmore is really good, but then again, like then people have like tattoos, and I'm like, whoa, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and teach their own, obviously, but um. And then Spike Lee, I think that just to give you Spike Lee, yeah, uh, uh, I would say do the right thing. Is uh is probably is probably my favorite, and I think that um. She's got to have it is a little bit overrated, which was his first thing, and I think people are a little bit ex- a little bit overexcited for that. Oh, and then the Cohen brothers, my God, yeah, the Cohen brothers, uh. I don't know. I shouldn't. Have, I shouldn't have mentioned that because then I like. I like a serious man. It's a very un. Is like yeah. Serious sounds good. Nobody really, really like. Don't talk about. It. It's kind of bizarre, and I think about it a lot. Um, overrated Cohen brothers. I guess burn after reading. One yes, movie. just the one final one is what's a movie that you think everyone should watch in their lifetime. Oh, this is this is a good question. This is like if you were gonna like send a movie out to outer space to like represent mankind. Yes. Like everybody needs to see this because yes. it has everything in it. Because it's not necessarily one. your favorite, also. Yeah. Okay. So I will say one that people um might not have seen. Like I, I think that because I, I don't want to be redundant, I would say probably two thousand one because I okay. think it just is such encapsulates humankind so well and art and what film can do but i would tell everybody probably to watch this movie called first cow okay that's the yeah, movie I tell everybody watch. that's the one i would like yeah kelly reichardt and it's just about pacific northwest like 1800s and this town gets a cow and it's about class like like economic class divisions it's about survival and community and ultimately art so all the things that i think are really cool um but if you maybe saw a trailer or or a poster you go "Eh, yeah thank you but i think even somebody who is like ah my favorite movie is like fast and furious which is fine transformers or whatever that's fine i honestly think you if you have just get a little bit of patience it's not super long and just sat down watched it you would be like very moved by it and um it might open your eyes to like a whole another type of cinema or even another way of looking at the world. Awesome. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you. You're a very good interviewer. These are great questions. I can't wait. Oh, to wow. Thank you so among much. The ranks, the, yes. among the ranks of like Conan O'Brien or whatever, whoever you get next. <laughs> uh, and I'll, I'll help you. I'll, I'm, I'm going to think of, um, there's a couple, there's somebody who works as a camera loader. Okay. Who went to BC. His name's Mackenzie Raycroft. Perfect. And he's like in the industry and I don't know if he, I mean, he probably only be able to give you like a half hour or whatever because he's super yeah. busy, but he might be somebody who like, he's truly in the industry. Okay. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And I, his tastes in movies are pretty shit, in my <laughs> opinion, you know, but he can give you like there's a different type of information that okay. he can give you than someone like me and yeah. someone I can easily connect you to. So I'll think of I can think of a few more people. And have you had a class with Gotham? No, not yet. So once you do or even if you don't like if you don't end up having him after what year are you a sophomore? This junior. Oh, junior. So if you don't end up having him next year or whatever, or if you don't plan on it or something, he's good, too. I mean, he's made yeah. movies just like me. And then he's coming from like a slightly different background, too. And he went to Columbia for grad school. Um, so he has like a more academic ap approach, you know, Okay. Um, yeah, because that's like some high mind stuff. So I'll think of some more. Yeah, perfect. I really appreciate that. Yeah, we'll get you. And famous. Thanks, thank you for spending no, an hour and a half this no, morning. No worries. Uh, no worries. You'll, uh, but you're gonna have to start training because you're gonna get famous. You'll have to fight Jake Paul. <laughs> yeah, That's I'll what I'm doing. I'm working out so I can fight Jake Paul when my show takes Sorry. off. All right. I probably All lost right. subs. All right. Talk to you later, man. Talk, bye. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was fun.